Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Onward and Upward podcast, episode six. We're tackling the topic of obedience oh, do we have today. To? Really? I know. I think a lot of people are like, and exit stage yeah, left. Exactly. Um, no, it's going to be a really good conversation. Um, it's going to be a fun one. There's some... There's some funny things as we talk about obedience. We're going to obviously talk about our kids, uh, and we'll have some funny stories here too. So yeah, uh, yeah. don't tune out. Um, but you are with the Onward and Upward podcast today. My name is Harry Ozarek. This is Ben Larson, mm-hmm. host and co-host. And uh, it's been a lot of fun getting five episodes under a belt together. Yeah. So I did season one kind of on my own with various guests and things like that. And so season two brought new life and a new face to the to the show, and uh, we haven't had our producer last episode of this episode. Right. Our normal producer Spencer mm-hmm. um, is enjoying some summer, and rightfully so. Rightfully so, so yeah. Looking he just graduated, forward to, so yeah, he's yeah. Uh, looking forward to getting him back. Yeah. Um, as you watch this, please don't forget to follow us. We are on Facebook, we are on YouTube, we're on Podbean, and every other favorite podcast app there is, whether it's Apple or Google, Spotify, Pandora, Amazon. It's all there. We're on everything, uh, iHeartRadio. And so please, if you're listening to us right mm-hmm. now, follow, like, and most importantly, Subscribe. share. Yeah. Um, again, we aren't wanting you to like and follow us uh, for us. We want people to connect with what is being said here. Because our hope is that we would help everyone move onward in their daily walk and That's move right. upward in their relationship with Christ. That is the heart of the Onward and Upward mm-hmm. podcast. And uh, to bring hope, joy, love, grace, and a little something to learn from uh, each and every episode. So if you would, please like, follow, share, and help others connect to this life-giving uh, opportunity. That's what we hope to bring every time. You bet. And I, I think I would just add to that that uh, if you're partaking in our podcast and a platform that uh, that allows comments, please comment. We'd love, oh, to, we'd love yes. to get some feedback and uh, shoot, shoot us some ideas for future topics as well. Um, we've had some really good guests. We have. First, yeah, not, yep. not necessarily every single episode, but nope. uh, looking forward to some really good guests coming up. Yep. And uh, But you know, we are going to be tackling some of these, just you and I, and uh, hitting yeah. some topics that we think are important and timely and relevant and uh, want to share our thoughts and uh, obviously uh, insight from Scripture. So what uh, we're basing it on. So that's right. And so, uh, yeah, um, Ben, if you do, you have the I do. Philippians three twelve through sixteen. If you could read that again, we always want to keep it in front of us why we exist and the onward and upward podcast again to help you move onward in your daily and walk and move upward in your relationship with Christ. And Philippians three twelve through sixteen is really the backbone of that heart. Absolutely. And just so you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing around different versions of the Bible mm-hmm. uh, for this. So if you're different watching uh, future mm-hmm. or past episodes, you know, so that's a little different. It's a, it's a different, different translation. So, right. so we want to hit it on all sides. So here we go. Verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold mm-hmm. of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Yeah. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yeah. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, <laughs> that too God will make clear to you. Yeah. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Hmm. I love that. Again, just every time I, I hear <laughs> that, Paul's just like, if you disagree... I pray that God will make it plain to you because there's nothing to disagree with here except our humanness. 
well, so much of that is just born out of confidence in what uh, what he feels God's shown him. So right, exactly. Um, well, as always, we want to have some time of fun, and uh, yeah, and so I've got some different questions for you. Yeah, these are good. They're they're intriguing. I was perusing earlier, and I thought they were, mm-hmm. they were fun. And so, I mean, this is this is the one that all the time I'm <laughs> I'm always I'm always I've heard this one many times, mm-hmm. and honestly, I, I still don't know where I fall on it. But is water wet? Mm-hmm. Go. Is water wet? So I'm I'm going to take the you know the traditional yeah mm-hmm. water's wet. It's it's uh, unless it's ice. Yeah. Uh, or in some cases, water vapor. Obviously, it, it, water in its liquid form is by definition wet. Mm. Now, what's interesting to me, and I was going to mention this as well, is that uh, have you ever felt cold things that are really smooth, and you think, man, that feels wet? Yeah. Not wet at all. And yeah, so, right. It's more than just how it feels. It's a it's a the nature of the actual That's, substance. Yeah, I, it definitely is a chemistry question, right? If you're really getting down to the nuts right. and the bolts. Um, <laughs> but is water wet? Uh, yeah, I, I, I still fall kind of in between. I've heard a science teacher do a great job of explaining how water isn't wet because, um, right. yeah, because of the molecules and things like that. Uh, still somewhat confusing to me, but. Well, it depends on how you define wet too, right? So it all gets right. down to if you want to really dive into semantics in particular. So. Yeah. How can water be wet if mm. it's already water? Mm-hmm. Water makes things wet. I guess that's where my mind goes, that, right? That's a good, good point. It's like, yeah. a, it's like a, a consequence, right? Right. Um, you have choice and then you have consequence, right? So water is making something wet. It can't make itself wet because it's already water. That's right. It's a, like a redundant redundancy. Mm-hmm. Um, is a hot dog a sandwich? Now, hold on a second. I know. Be careful is... before you answer this because you're going to be changing baseball <laughs> as we know it, depending on how you answer this question. Because I don't know anybody that goes to a baseball game and doesn't get a hot dog. That's right. I mean, they call them ballpark franks for right. a reason, right? So I have been known to eat hot dogs without a bun. Okay. So obviously, if we're if we're talking about a hot dog in a bun, all the the trimmings, you, yeah. there's there's a, there's a million different things you can do with that basic uh, concept. I I would say, yeah, you're okay calling it a sandwich if you really are wanting to do that. Uh, I think in general vernacular, a hot, hot dog, everybody pictures a hot dog right. in a bun, not a sandwich. It's its own thing. Yeah, for me, it doesn't envelop right the the ingredients. It's a cradle. It right. It's like a. Oh, cradle's it's not actually, a cradle's actually like like a crib, a cradle. Right, yeah. right. It's uh, it's uh right, whereas a sandwich sandwiches the two between two things. Right. Like enveloping all the ingredients, whereas it's definitely like a boat mm-hmm. for the hot dog. So yeah. Do you got one for me? I do. So is a thumb a finger? I'll say it like this. N- not all fingers are thumbs, but all thumbs are fingers. Oh, that's a good way to put it. So you have the broader category of finger. Right, exactly. Which you have thumbs and fingers. Right. But. Well, because you have a pointer finger. That's right. You have, ring you have finger. a ring finger. Yeah. yeah. You have a middle, middle finger. finger. Yeah. And you have your pinky. Which we And just start, because yeah. we shortened it for pinky and thumb doesn't make them no, not fingers. No, they're, they're still fingers. Um, as I was watching a show, um, they covered this. And also the guy... Um, who isn't necessarily the smartest one in the bunch goes, well, what are toes then? <laughs> uh, Appendage on your feet. Right. Yeah. They're toes. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to tell you. 
That's fun. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch. Said. I'm gonna go back to a thing too now. Okay. So is cereal a soup? A cold soup. I don't I don't know, man. I, I feel like soup has to be hot. Have you ever eaten a cold soup? Like honestly. Well, have you if, ever if eaten I a cold have, soup? No, no, not really. But I mean, if I have, it was probably on one of my trips to who yeah. knows where, and it was it was you know part of a high end, yeah. you know, multi course meal at a high end restaurant. And there's there's a specific reason for that. But um, mm. yeah, I'm in a lot of these questions. I'm, I'm much more traditional. You know, it's right. got to be kind of hot to be a soup. Yeah, I I've never eaten a cold soup before in my life. I think one of the prerequisites mm-hmm. to a soup being a soup is hot. You know, the question to that would be, well, what when you put the soup in the fridge, does it stop being a soup? But I'm I'm thinking of the consuming side yeah, of it. Yeah, right? when, when you're actually eating it. Yeah. Um, which in the same side, side then you, you've got warm cereal, which is normally called in some vernacular porridge, yeah. right? Yep. Or, you know, you've got hot oatmeal that some people mm-hmm. eat. So, you know, is that soup? Well, yep. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, so a lot of things that, you know, I really don't care. Here's one that I think is kind of quirky. Are boneless chicken wings just chicken nuggets in disguise? Mm. <laughs> right? Go to Buffalo Wild Wings. Gips. Right? Go to Buffalo Wild yep. Ring. Wait up. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. And you get the boneless wings. Yeah, it's not like say, they, say, they, they somehow they're not magically like, like nuggets because no. those are different. But chicken no, nuggets, chicken nuggets mm. they're just really nice all white meat chicken nuggets, aren't they? Yeah, and I, I would say it this way. Um, you don't get boneless. I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong in the comments, but I don't, it's not like they go in there and mechanically re- remove the bones from a wing and then just bread it and repackage it. Right. You know, it's, it's a processed. This is true. Morsel. So, which is literally identical to a chicken nugget. Quality meats may be different. Quality meat is, is I will tell you this. higher. So we, we had, um, my wife and I went out down to Cancun Ended up at uh, off the normal, you know, U.S. owned company resort mm-hmm. place and went and uh, swam with some dolphins. Had a good fun time. Ate there and they had chicken nuggets there. I don't know what part of the chi- part of the chicken was in the nugget, but it wasn't what I was norm- normally used to. Yeah, it was kind of gray. Didn't oh, see. I wonder if they put some dark meat in there or something well, like that. Well, it was it was highly processed. Oh, see now that's so, who knows. I'm not a fan of anything. Yeah, churned up and then and then and yeah, then put in paste. a form. Yeah, meat paste. Yeah, meat yeah, meat meat Fried. paste. No, uh, my wife loves chicken McNugget, chicken McNuggets, and I am not a fan personally. No offense, McDonald's, um, but not a fan. Not a Chick Fil A's nuggets, dang good. If you give me real white meat, yep. mm-hmm. I'll take thigh meat too. If it's yep. just real, if there's actual fi- fibers of meat there, uh, I'm not big into the over processed meats no thanks um same thing with burgers for that matter too right because sure. that happens yep yeah um all right last one yep this, this one this one had me a, <laughs> it's like one of those bad dad jokes that you'd pull out right if Absolutely. you clean out a vacuum cleaner are you a vacuum cleaner yes <laughs> you don't want to admit it though no you don't want to admit that but it's who a, wants it's, to? It's who a, wants to admit that? Right. Well, thing is, it's a uh, it's a great thing. Like you said, dad joke. You, you tell tell the kid, hey, time to clean the vacuum. Got to clean the vacuum out. We need a vacuum cleaner. 
you know, ha ha. And then the kid goes, jumps, jumps in the shower. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no, no, right well, I'm cleaning the vacuum, yeah, exactly. the vacuum cleaner. Uh, yeah. Okay. One little dad joke for you. Why did I wear two pairs of pants to the golf course? Maybe you heard this one already. I haven't. Because I thought I might get a hole in one. Mm. <laughs> hey, the odds are pretty low if I'm on the golf course, but it's funny. Like two it. pairs of pants might get a hole in one. <laughs> oh, I tell you. All right. Enough of the fun. Let's get into something a little more meaningful, shall we? Yeah, um, I like this topic. It's good. We both got kids, and in fact, I do have a, a kid that is desiring to play video games now. Harry, age of five. five and, yeah. Uh, yeah, his dad. I love video games. I love doing a lot of things, right? I love being outside and doing those kind of things, but yeah. I do enjoy from time to time a good old video game. I have an Xbox and so on. And, uh, and so we looked up some different articles that we want to talk about and this one kind of stuck video games and children when do parents need to worry (laughs) and i think this is something that i'm sure you've had this talk with with your wife brielle i know i've had this talk with my own wife tesha and and uh when is a when is a good time if there's a good time for kids to to jump in to the old video game world um right right it starts as, as small as playing a little, you know, game on the phone, right? My, my kids love doing that. Um, but we talk about limits. We talk about boundaries. talk about what's a healthy, you know, standard and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this article kind of sparked something for me of, hey, I've been here. I've been talking about this. Uh, the poll that they have here is from 2018, so it's a little bit old. It's not super recent. Um, but here are the stats. They interviewed... A thousand parents and found this information out. This is back in 2018, so pre-COVID. Right. Right, pre-COVID. 41% of teen boys and 20% of teen girls play video games daily. High or low? Well, no, well knowing my, my uh, 14-year-old son and everybody that he seems to be playing video games on with, Mm-hmm. within a school um, my assumption is at least in sydney montana this is low this is low for boys um yeah definitely post covid yeah i just think it's that definitely that's, it's, it's lost and i think mm-hmm. it's amazing the i guess the the bandwidth increase and the capabilities of just your run-of-the-mill computers and gaming systems i feel like the technology even since 2018 is yeah. increased to the point where it's more enjoyable there's you know, there's maybe less oh, barriers. Yeah. So, and then you add in, we're not just talking about, like uh, like you said, we're not just talking about the gaming systems like PlayStation and, and whatnot. Right. But we're also talking about phones. IPad. Oh, yeah. There's, there's games on all right. that stuff. PC right? is still the largest gaming right. uh, group of gamers in the world. Right. PC is, is still dwarfs any console um, groups or anything like PlayStation or Xbox or Absolutely. Nintendo. Um even even mobile gaming, though mobile gaming, as we talk about that, has actually grown right. and started taking over. I mean, shoot the 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 phones that we have in our pockets now, you know, dwarf the capabilities of laptops. Not even five years ago, we're talking right. like three years ago. My phone, it's it's CPU, RAM, GPU, all of that is already higher, higher tech in yep. this tiny little device than than my laptop was four or five years ago. Um, Apple just came out with the new iPad and the chipset, right? The CPU, the computing unit, 
that they use in it is the same that they use in their laptop. So a tablet, and and they're talking the M1 chip might come to the phone as well. So this idea, right, of technology and, and where it's going, it increasingly, and, and it's to the company's benefit, they're making it more and more accessible to the daily life, like that you can access it anywhere all the time xbox is doing that they've got what's called the x cloud yep that they're making it they've got the game pass and things like that mm-hmm. that i can play xbox games on my phone right anywhere i go that i have an internet connection maybe not as well true yep but you can still partake yeah and, and that's yeah, and that's the other thing i was thinking about because we, we've been traveling a lot for sports and soccer and not and occasionally mm-hmm. we'll, we'll travel for gymnastics and my kids always have uh some kind of electronic device yeah with them some of it's you know to watch you know movies or whatever um but a lot of times they're just playing games no i got i think back think back to when i was traveling with my parents but we were playing games but sometimes there are the old clunky you know we played cards yeah in, in the car just because it's a, it's a digital game and we, we played a lot of yeah, yeah do you remember having to balance a pillow yep. on the middle seat right mm-hmm. <laughs> don't bump the pillow that's right so you know this <laughs> idea of, of of you know for those of us in 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 Montana, North Dakota, you know, in the yeah. point where we're, we're, it's not a small thing. Or I should say it this way: it's a, a pretty common thing for us to spend multiple hours yeah. in a vehicle on, yeah. uh, you know, certain trips and stuff. Um, now, I read a lot of books. My kids still read books occasionally too when they're traveling. But um, the the whole gaming thing is is pretty common. And and the other thing is, it's amazing. Um, you know, just uh, there's a wide swath of game. Everybody kind of thinks when we talk about this stuff about the, you know, the, the violent the war games, war games, and those kind of things. But there's a there's a huge myriad of, of different games out there that uh, that they can partake in, and some of that's really yeah. good for the brain. There's, so, yep. And there's good things about that. Well, that's oh, what I was going to bring up. Yeah, there are positives to video games. People right. uh, don't typically. That's not what catches people's eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, it's the negative, right? So, right. in this article, I think they do a good job. They highlight three things that video games do in a positive way. They can increase family bonding, which is totally true with my with my own kids and enjoying uh, Forza Horizon 4, right? Yep. Playing a racing game and um, getting to teach them and how to how to play it and getting them to a place where they don't need me to touch the controller and they're doing it. And it definitely is an opportunity, right, to have some, some good family time. Just like movies and things like that, a lot of times can bring families together. Yep. And it's like anything on that simple front, right? It's it's anything. like if you're intentional and purposeful with what you have and using it, it can be a positive. Absolutely. Um, as long as obviously it's not innately sinful, right? Um, so yeah, so yeah, like a, there are some games that I wouldn't ever play or play with my kids and things like that. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely some inherent, there's good in a lot of things, but always some bad mixed in depending on how you use it. When it's so... It's like any other part of our life yep. where, especially if there's an entertainment component, uh, it can become all-consuming and yeah. start taking the place of things that it shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, so that's bad. But that can be said of movies, that can be hobbies, that can, that can be totally. said of anything, right? So yep. so it does fall into this category that like every other part of our life, we need to be able to be disciplined and, and be able to manage our right. life accordingly. Right. And I think uh, one, of th- one of the things that I really appreciated about my wife is that she, she did a lot more gaming and did stuff and uh, is certainly better at that than I am. Uh, when she was growing up, uh, one of really, the things Brielle can beat you in oh, a lot yeah, of video all, games. All, oh all man, long, no, I want to see that. Oh, yeah, all day long, every day. So, but what we decided when when uh, you know Reese and, and then Malia were getting old enough, we went out, got a um, Nintendo Wii, which 
is kind of designed to be a multiplayer in the house totally. kind of a thing, right? So it's, it's, it's it, old technology. It was now. designed for right. a family experience. And not so a that solo. was a that was a lot of fun for us. Yeah, for us. Yeah. When Reese was in that four, five, six, seven-year-old uh, yeah. range, now uh, he quickly progressed, and we we went back and got the old Frogger games and some of these. Yeah. Other, there's all kinds of different platforms you can do, and so as a family, it it was it was, and I would say still is in certain cases yeah. a, a great thing to do together. Uh, my son has a hunting that he just loves, and oh yeah, and I've uh, watched a couple because you can clip, yeah. right? You can save clips and stuff, and I've watched a few of his. Yeah. So and and, he, and he's obviously partly because I just don't really spend any time doing it, but. But uh, he is very skilled as a gamer, way past my ability, and certainly yeah. past uh, you know even Braille's. Right. But uh, but yeah, it's it's fun to see him enjoy that yeah. as a passion. But we also put sideboards up. You know, when it's time to go to bed, it's time to go to bed. When it's time to do something else, you know that. And the nice thing about Reese is he's he's interested in a lot of things. He's been yeah. hounding me all week about going fishing, uh, which is mm-hmm. awesome. He really loves that, and that, and, and right. it's something that he and I, and right. uh, in fact the whole family, really enjoys. So, oh yeah, it falls I was that, playing with him at about. 8.30 or 9 o'clock the other night. He's like, oh, I I hope my mom will let me stay up a little bit longer so I can yeah, keep yeah, playing yeah, with you. Yeah. I'm like, you need to obey your mom. But I <laughs> <Yep>. hope so too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I was enjoying playing playing with him. Yeah, so a couple other positives, right? Increased skills. So they, they have seen studies Absolutely. have shown that video games can improve cognitive skills like problem solving, critical thinking, those kind of things, as well as um, improve motor skills. So mm-hmm. finger... Um, dexterity and all those kind of things and hand-eye coordination. So one of the things um, that uh, I, I caught a, um, an article that was talking about um, difference between the, the greatest generation that went off to World War II and, mm-hmm. and, and fought and, you know, do we have a, a society that can that can address a big issue like that if it if it were to come up, you know, right. where, where it does take serious, you know, young men, 17, 18-year-olds that are going off and making, you know, it's a fair huge, question. Huge, so, so that's a that's a question. But one it of the is. things that that the article is talking about is that one of the things that that a lot of people don't understand is that there, obviously we have a different style of, of engagement now. In, oh, uh, totally. Yep. In wartime, but uh, so many of the technology platforms that we're using in our military and other places, yeah, not just the military, but other other parts of our society, really do. Um, There's a lot rely of technology on, involved on, on mm-hmm. interacting with technology and, and actually. Yep. You know, giving instruction oh, yeah. a lot of times through you know flying drones, all those things. There's a lot of flying drones, that, uh, driving tanks. Yeah, all that uh, stuff. A lot of stuff is is starting to be more and more. So you um, have the mechanical skill, the mm-hmm. hand-eye coordination, all that stuff. Yep. But but what they're saying yeah. is, fast um, assessment and decision-making skills are better in these kids that are doing yep. advanced gaming yeah. because they, that's that's the essence of the game. Right. And, is, and we're not we're not we're not talking about Wii tennis either. No, no, no. we're, we're, <laughs> we're talking, talking about like first person shooter games and right, things like right. that. So there is value in the sense yeah. of decision making, speed, yeah. and accuracy because it, the natural um, design of those games is to you know push your skill level on that totally. and reward you for doing well. Yep. And so that's what happens is your yep. brain attunes to that. Now there's some maybe some off you know some not good things about that, but that gets back to how much time are you doing it. Are you abusing right. it? Is it becoming a high priority? So. Yeah. And it's important to note, this article did just come out June 7th of this year. They're just using a study from 2018 right. to help point out some things. The last positive there that they have listed, I think, is 100% in COVID shows yes. to great extent there is an increased opportunity for socialization, right, where you can connect yep. with your friends without having to be there in person. You can connect with them all over the world. Um, and have and have relationship to have Absolutely. talks and things. I know. I know for myself, I play um, video games with my brothers, and they're ten hours away, all of them. And 
definitely has been a, a positive where I can have some of these surprisingly sometimes deep conversations mm-hmm. where <laughs> we get to the pregame lobby um, in the game that we're playing and we end up not starting the next game and talk for like a half hour and yep. go, yeah, let's play another game. Right. But it's like you get talking in the middle of a game, you end up dying or whatever, and you come back to the matchmaking window and the conversation just rolls on and who cares? You, you just it it uh, it provides opportunity. Well, it's just another platform for mm-hmm. relationship if you are purposeful about doing that. Right, right. So um, the other thing I was thinking about too is um, we've got uh, quite a few youth that I think connect with you personally as a youth mm-hmm. pastor, mm-hmm. primarily because you are knowledgeable about the content of gaming in general and you're skilled at it and you yep. enjoy doing it and it's, a, it's another way for you to create relationship so all super important things totally uh and it gets back to that shoulder to shoulder versus face to face kind of relationship <laughs> right? you're referencing an episode yeah, episode exactly right <laughs> so it's it's just um it's a great way to connect with with yeah. uh, with other people so there's, there's really obviously some, some downsides and i think I'm, i want to go through a few of the things that they there, want there are some dangers Mm-hmm. To be looking for, and I would agree with the you know the list here, and and uh, would probably extend this to other be, you know passions or behaviors that your, your kid is involved in. Yep. But if if they're spending more and more time gaming, to the point where they're it's becoming disruptive to their schedule, right? So that's or obviously habitual. a problem. Yep, or habitual, mm-hmm. they they can't they can't not be thinking about gaming as soon as they get home. They want to get mm-hmm. the game, you know, whatever. So yep. that's a that's a red flag. I think that's a huge thing that um, my wife and I have definitely talked about, like. If the kids, um, like I have a little thing that if any of my boys ask me to play a game on my phone more mm-hmm. than like three times in an hour, then it's automatic no for the rest of the day, right? Because that's just telling, it's not anything they did wrong, right? It's not a punishment. No, it's just that dopamine. It's, like a, it's like a barometer for me going, okay, if it this is becoming something that they they think they need mm-hmm. rather than that they simply want. If it's simply a want and you don't get it, right, we move on. But if it starts becoming this need, then it affects everything. It affects our our attitude, the way we react to things, everything. And so when we start seeing something like that, like I don't mind them playing some, like we have we have some like Bible games on our phone, right? Right. Uh, inherently nothing bad about them at all, right? But still can be something where they start going to that to start satisfying some other piece of them, which isn't healthy, right? Right. right. And same thing for you and I. So, which is which is interesting because uh, I'm not, maybe not going in order, but um, sadness, anxiety, and irritability when not gaming—that's mm. uh, that's a sign that they're they're putting too much value in the feedback. Totally. Yep. That they're getting whether it's just the, just the feedback of winning and being successful, or the feedback of the interaction that they're having yeah. with other people on there—that that, could be a problem. And then this this is one that I hadn't thought about, but it really makes a lot of sense. Gaming more when they're upset. So if they've, if they've had like a bad it's a day, coping. It's, it's a coping thing. Yeah. Right. That's their, that's totally. their place to, to go and, and get that hit of dopamine and feel good about themselves when they've been disciplined and they don't like the fact they've been disciplined yeah. or they had a bad interaction at school with, you know, other kids or, or right. teachers, whatever. It doesn't matter what that, that upsetting issue is. Yeah. If their, their first inclination is to go and game to make themselves feel better, that's going to create a dependency on that. That's not healthy. Totally. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, um, increasing tiredness due yep. to staying yep. late gaming, deceiving others about the amount of time spent gaming. I think that's a big sign. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, uh, right, if anytime you have to start lying about something, 
That, red flag. That, that red indi- flag. Well, that indicates that, you, that you as a person that's lying understand that there's something out of whack. Right. There's something wrong You're admitting here. that by, by lying about it. Right. And for that person, the cost hasn't outweighed the the consequence yet or, yeah. you know, however you want to look at that. Uh, increased depression, anxiety. You, me- you mentioned mm-hmm. that, I think, already in declining yep. school grades. Um, yep. Yeah. Just... A lot of good things, right? So quick, the list, just recapping. Parents, kids that play video games, whether it's on your phone or on a console, on the computer, right? Spending more time gaming than than normal. Um, giving up previously enjoyed activities like sports, sadness, anxiety, irritability, um, getting upset, um, and then going to game when they're upset. Um, increased tiredness, deceiving others, increased aggress- uh, aggression or violent behavior, you start seeing depressive um, tendencies or anxiety, or you see school grades declining. Like these are all awesome indicators that, yep. hey, there's something out of balance, right? And it doesn't mean it's a lost cause. It mean, you know, like throw your hands up in the air. It's it's over. It just means, hey, clue in, you know, cue in. And yep. um, I love that they give that list. That list is fantastic. Um, and I'll try to put the... the the link to this article in the description because it, it is, I think, valuable. Um, and here's the thing. It's geared towards kids, but we all know. <laughs> we want to look at kids like they're super different than adults. But in reality, right? you so, could look for these tendencies in yourself. If you enjoy absolutely. video games, yeah. these, these are very much present in somebody that is abusing video games um, in a way of replacing you know, or going to, to, to cope and things like that. All of these things will be present, present in my life or your life. Um, and a good thing to be self-aware as well as spouse aware. Um, you know, a friend that you play with a lot to be aware as well. Right. We talked about that socialization, right? You can, you can sense things, um, with people you play online and, uh, and care for one another. Right. Again, it's, it's not just about you, right. It's also about the people around you and, um, yeah, we're not we're not um, invincible. No, no, and I I would say this too. So um, I'm Gen X, and and oh, they, you're they, you're right in the yeah, I'm right there, but right but, right in the middle. But but technically, you know, my my um, age group, let's say in the in you know those of us in our forties, we're kind of the first generation that kind of grew up with readily available, um, you know, gaming devices and, totally. and digital things, and so yep. uh, it's not like. It's only the young kids that are that are facing some of this. You know, oh there's, yeah, there's right. uh, you know I'm sure that I in fact I know that there's forty and probably over fifty year olds now that are extremely good at gaming and spend a lot of time doing it. Have invested a lot of money in really good equipment and and some right. of them are, are making very very good living <laughs> right. gaming. They're very very good at that and so it's become a career. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of us that. Uh, you know that that still enjoy doing this, and, right. and we got to watch that because it's like anything else that we do you really enjoy. Um, but you could say the same thing about watching movies, right? About doing a lot of things, and so it just falls into that category. We better got to be aware. And I think, Balance. like Balance. movies and other things, content doesn't matter, especially for kids. You got to make sure. You know, it's amazing the graphics that are available now. Mm-hmm. And so this whole idea of, um, and I don't what know if you've done say, anything yet, but um, virtual reality stuff. You know. Yeah. What was the percentage there? In a study conducted by Ohio State University involving 220 children, ages 8 to 12, children who played a video game that includes guns or swords mm-hmm. were more likely to touch a real disabled handgun, handgun, or handle a handgun longer and want to pull the trigger more than kids who didn't play yeah. um, 
who played non-violent games, who didn't play the violent games. Um, and I would say this way. That's, I think what that's reflecting is not necessarily a desire to do damage to No, it's curiosity. It's curiosity, but it's also comfort with oh, that, that item. Too. Yeah. They, they've interacted with something that's very yeah. similar to that, even though digital, yeah. on, a, on a gaming platform. They're not, uh, there's a lot of things they understand about it already yeah. because of the replicant activity there. Totally. And so uh, they're more comfortable grabbing it than somebody that hasn't spent yeah. any time with it and is literally afraid of right. the thing. So good and bad. I think that it's, it's something to definitely watch. Uh, uh, knowing so, my, my son is is uh, I gotta give him props. He's very well balanced in his stuff, mm-hmm. and and I watch him. He'll play games for a while and have a lot of fun, and and he knows when he's you know it's just not he's maybe done it enough, and so he'll yeah. stop. He'll either go to a different game or he'll stop altogether and he'll go do something else. Yep. And uh, one of the things I I in the past I've had to get after him, and occasionally not so much anymore, but um, he's pretty self aware of it uh, yeah, now. Well in the sense where they've been playing a game for a lot and they're, mm-hmm. they're seeing success and then all of a sudden they hit a, they hit a plateau and they can't get past it. Yeah. And they can start angry because, you know, they're frustrated. Right. Or the, the console isn't, you know, there's glitching or something else, right? So yeah. at some point when when the the volume level coming out of their room gets high enough, <laughs> uh, Brielle and I will just, you know, it's time, yeah. to, it's time to stop the game. Go yeah. do something else. Your brain is maxed out. It's yeah. not performing the way you want. Yep. Just get away from it. Or is it really worth getting that frustrated? Right. It's a, it's a, it's yep. a game. Yep. Um, so, and I have that same tendency. So it's not like yeah. they, they just got this out of the thin air. Well, and again, that. I'm glad you brought that up, right? That's anything in life, it's right? A, yeah. Like I've, I've looked at my own sons trying to put on a jacket and uh, Harry's struggling with getting jacket on mm-hmm. or whatever. The sleeve's not working. The zipper's yep. not working, whatever. And he gets to a point where he's like, Ugh! Ugh! <laughs> gets real, Ugh! and you can hear him. And so you, you come yep. and you're like, I I asked that question. Is this worth getting that frustrated about? And a lot of times Harry will go, no. I said, all right, just just ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. I love that you want to do it on your own. And uh, what an admirable uh, quality to have as a kid to to want to to get things mastered on your own. It's such a great thing. I love that about my oldest specifically, um, so many times he's like, nope, I want to do it. Nope, I, I'd rather try to do this on my own. Sweet, man. Let, you know, but also trying to help him like have balance, right? Yep. And yeah. If you're getting really frustrated over something very menial, right? Again, it's a little red flag for yep. any for any parent yep. or just self-aware of people around you going, yep. okay, that seems like a bit of an overreaction. Enter in and bring some mm-hmm. calm, right? Um so what one of the great, things that uh, that I think too is important, and I'll just end with this: is that yeah. um, I think periodical um, fasting of technology like gaming oh, or social media, social media. Uh, all that mm-hmm. stuff where we're we're interacting on a digital platform. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, if you're if you're living a life obedient to Christ, we're going to transition to that soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be living in all those different yeah. um, platforms and doing it. To, you know, yeah. in an honorable way yeah. uh, for him, but um, um, but you know, it's it's like any other part of our life. We can be tempted to, to not. So yep. the idea is, hey, let's fast from that. Yep. And I think it's a great reset. It's a great way to, yep. to recenter ourselves uh, according to what God wants us to be doing, and uh, totally gives us a different perspective. And there is that nonstop dopamine hit that our brain gets used to. We need to break that. And yeah. So, the question I ask a lot of times is, what are you craving? Right. And if we're craving things outside of God, mm-hmm. um, 
to a point where it's affecting our decision making. It's it's taking up time um, throughout the day and things like that. Like that that should be something that we address. It doesn't necessarily mean that what you're craving is a is a horrible thing. But no. as Christ followers, the thing we should be craving is God and what He's wanting, right? And so it very well could be you know, wanting you to go and connect with this friend over a video game. It very well could be that, right? But you don't get to just say that is so you get your way because then that's not, you know, that's not for God. That's for you, right? So, um, but very, very much the question in my mind is what are you craving? And if it's something outside of God and God's will, right, we have to be very careful about that and want to, want to desire what he wants to desire and, um, what he desires and, uh, that can be difficult at different times. Um, and what a great segue. One thing we know God loves and respects and honors and desires is obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, and such a taboo world uh, word in our world today, honestly, it really is obedience. Anytime I say that, I swear everyone in the room cringes. In fact, a majority of the people on our podcast right now, if you're listening or watching, I'm sure when I said obedience at the beginning... You instinctively wanted to 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 uh, turn it off. You're like, well, that's not really a subject I want to talk about. Um, and I'll be honest, it's not really a subject I want to talk about either. It's not uh, su- the subject of obedience gets such a bad rap sometimes, and um, it's really not. It's actually a quite beautiful thing of surrender, of submitting, of mm-hmm. loving, um, caring. And so, yeah, um, let's define it. When, when I say obedience, where does your mind go? Yeah, I really, I really do think, um, I'll give you the definition of course, but yeah, to me, to me, my, my mind immediately goes to, um, understanding whatever I'm being told to do in the fullness of what that is and not just doing it begrudgingly and, you know kicking and screaming yeah. but how I'm dare all, you put I'm, qualifiers yeah, on this <laughs> i'm all in i'm gonna do exactly, exactly i'm gonna agree with yeah. whatever you're doing and we're gonna be obedient yeah and that's where you know we're gonna talk about a lot, a lot about raising kids and yep. whatnot but um you know there's there's times where we ask our kids to be obedient yeah and they're they're all in it's like they agree with yep that's what i should be yeah. doing and it's and it's easy sailing yeah and then there's other times where they are are mastering their emotions and they're they're totally. being disciplined as they should and it's yeah. good but they're they're not really enjoying it, and they're not really oh, no. on board. And in fact, they might be completely <laughs> story. disagreeing with whatever yeah. uh, reasoning or, or desire that we're having them do. Yeah. Um, but they're still obedient. That's good. But the, the fullness of obedience is coming into agreement with the path forward. Yeah. That uh, in this case, obviously God or anybody else in authority is asking us to do and uh, buying in and doing it. Yeah, so which is a lot obedience. Than what you have. Obedience. Let's see how. Let's see. <laughs> Should have played a little game. Let's yeah, see how I'm Ben did with the definition of obedience. Uh, Too wordy. Webster Dictionary defines <laughs> obedience as compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. That's Again, good. when you hear that, a majority of people, because quite quite often we're very prideful. As, as human beings, um, 
and we struggle with humility. I struggle with humility. I don't say as that well. to say others mm-hmm. struggle with humility, and I don't. I struggle with humility as much as the next person, if not more. Um, um, compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. That is the world, world's definition of obedience, right? Right. Um, how Tesha and I contextualize that with our kids, we actually picked this up from an, another uh, parent duo. Um it was a phrase that actually Sean Dodds used in one of his... Oh, that shelf is just about to come down, isn't it? Boop. Look at that. I, I heard it popping. It's just about to fall. But I do I do like this definition. Yeah. So, it's super catchy, simple, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, so it. Sean Dodds is the one that actually said it. And he says, and he's quoting another parent here, sure. that obedience is doing it right away, all the way. The happy way, mm-hmm. and uh, I, 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 he was teaching on it at one of our Wednesday night. Sure, he's one of our youth leaders and uh, does a great job. And I heard that and I was like, "Wow, that is that's that's the most concise definition yep. of obedience that I have ever heard." Right? It's always a, a long, drawn out thing. Um, like I just said. No, yeah. no, no. Yours was pretty stinking yeah. concise. Um, you know, but I think people struggle sometimes with with what does it mean to obey? Yeah, how do you put that and, in a... And they feel like they have to put a lot of yeah. parameters on it. And, and uh, yeah, I thought yours was fairly concise. But this is by far the most concise that I've ever heard. Yeah. Obeying is doing what you're asked right away, all, all the way, the happy, yeah. happy way. Right? Exactly. So simple little story. Um, we... Uh, growing up, I have three brothers, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, wonderful mom and dad. And so we had uh, not only weekly jobs. So each week there was a uh, one of the boys helped with meal prep for the supper. Yep. Um, one boy helped with meal cleanup for supper. And then the other two boys worked together to empty and load the dishwasher and take out the garbage and recycle, which happened once a week, right? The value of having multiple children. Is right, exactly. Um, and then we also had... Um, Saturday jobs. So one person would vacuum the upstairs. The other person would vacuum the downstairs. One person would do, I think, um, shower and and uh, toilet. And the other boy would do like floors and 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 uh, like all the other things in the bathroom, something like that. So no, so it you, didn't take forever. No, right? I was, and I was just going to ask you: Was there any element of competition in said chores between you boys? Oh, so actually, my mom set a timer for twenty minutes if we got done with our jobs. Right? That's all she right. she just expected us to do to do it to take twenty minutes. Yeah. Right. As kids, I'm telling you, it felt like eternity. Right. Felt like <laughs> yeah, time eternity. is so. 20 minutes. I look back at that now. I'm like, man, 20 minutes is nothing for us. But on a Saturday morning, right, you got cartoons going There's and stuff. A lot You're of like, stuff ah. to do. 20 minutes. She'd set a timer. And if that timer went off um, and we we're still doing it, that's fine. But if we got done before the timer went off, she'd make us go back and redo the whole thing. <laughs> no joke. She'd reset the timer and away we go. And it would reset the timer for all of us, right? So right. if one of us. Um, one of those great team building. As people are listening, like, oh, that's strict. I'm like, nah, that's a great tactic. I love that my parents yep. did that because it built team, that's right? right? So we looked at our brothers like, you better take 20 minutes, right? The yep. parents had, they didn't have to police us because none of us wanted. I'm sure there was, wanted there was to, no, to redo it. There was never an instance of yep. physical policing between yep. you guys. Well, well, there comes one Saturday and um, <laughs> we were playing video games. On a Saturday morning. Yeah. And my mom's like, all right, it's time for jobs. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. 
And uh, tensions kind of rose a little bit as sure. I begrudgingly, you know, quit my game and got up and stuff like that. And my mom made the statement, something to the effect of, it's like you don't even want a vacuum. <laughs> and being, being the fool that I was in the moment, not following right away all the way the happy, happy way. way. Yeah. Um, I looked at her and go, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. And me, in my ignorance, thought I was being honest, right? That's that's the platform I decided to to yeah. rest on is right. well, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Forgetting the reality. And I think biblically too, like obedience with a bad attitude isn't obedience mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's just somebody doing something. When the point of obedience is doing it not only what they said, doing it how they said they wanted it done. That's right. Because they're your authority. Mm-hmm. And doing it with a good attitude because not only that they're your authority, but that you should be loving. That right. you should seek to serve, not mm-hmm. be served, right? And so... And to honor the person yeah. in authority. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, right away, all the way, the happy way. We use that with our kids. If you talk to any of my boys that can talk... So that'd be three out of the four so far. Yeah. Um, if you ask them, what does it mean to obey? They look at you right away, all the way, the happy way. And uh, that doesn't mean, that does not mean that they get it every <laughs> they do time. It. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it does not mean that they listen to that every time. But, but I am happy to, they know that. And it doesn't take much for me to go, what does it mean to obey again? Mm-hmm. Oh, right away, all the way, the happy way. Mm, you seem pretty angry about having to obey right now. Yeah. Well, is that the happy way? No. <laughs> so how are we going to obey? Right away, all the way, the happy way. All right, let's go do it. You know, and so a um, little trick. Um, but again, I want I want to expand this. Right? We're talking about kids right now. Obedience as adults. It's not a word that adults are very fond of. We expect right. those under us to obey. Mm-hmm. How often do we humble ourselves mm-hmm. And are we willing to obey our authority? Are we willing to be humble and obey? I see a lot, a lot of people, including myself at times, struggle with this simple truth that one of the greatest ways we can love the people around us is obeying. Mm -hmm. First, obviously, God and his word but also the authorities that have been placed above us. Now, we're not talking about obeying an authority that's telling you or asking you to do something that's unbiblical, sinful, or wrong, right? Getting that out of the way. Just anyone listening, right? We're well, not talking about those scenarios. We're talking about scenarios where your authority above you is asking you to do something that has no innate sin to it, no innate wrong to it. Um, it's simply your authority asking you to do it. And it might be different than the way you want mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. So d- dangerous topic, but I think it is relevant. We're just coming out of COVID. Obviously, there was a lot mm. of things that adults in our society were asked to do that were not really something that they thought was oh, necessary. Oh, man, why do you got to touch that nerve? <laughs> it's all about being relevant, right? So, but to getting back to your point, oh, I think a yeah. great example of, of what's going on here. So we, we are blessed to live in Montana. Yeah. And a lot of those decisions were being made at the state level, um, you know, how, how to navigate the, the health yeah. uh, of the citizenry. Um, but there's other states, I'm not going to name them, people know what they are, are were much stricter on the gathering, stricter. Of, the gather, gathering of churches and other yeah. things. My home state, Minnesota yeah. being one of them. And so um, that 
that that was a challenge and i think yeah. it was a right it was a right good challenge on uh for the church to start looking at okay what does this actually mean yeah and where is how do we navigate this in in a god-honoring way yep. um and still be trying to good be a good citizen and yeah. obedient but Ultimately, we're obedient to God first. Right. And when some of these states kept push, 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 you cannot get together, you cannot do that, you can't do this as as yeah. as a part of our Christian faith, that's where you cross the line. Yeah. And you can't just blanketly obey those that are in the authority, yeah. especially if some of the things that you're asking you to do are actually outside of their authority. Yeah. And right. that's where, you know, the, the devil is in the details, and I hate mm-hmm. saying that phrase, but mm-hmm. it is... You know that the particulars of, of things do matter. Yeah. And when you're when you're an adult and you're you're consuming in the spiritual way meat and potatoes type stuff, you're not yeah. you're not still, you know, enjoying baby food and, and milk. Yeah. You're you're actually going. That's where the rubber meets the road on some of this obedient stuff as an adult. Now, that's in the context of living our daily lives mm-hmm. in subject to other people's authority, whether it be government authority or at your workplace. You have right. a lot of times people have people that are in authority over you. Yeah. And you know, obviously, we gotta we gotta understand how to be obedient first to Christ and, and what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. Right. And so that that direct obedience to him helps navigate how we ad- address obedience in the in the broader context of our life. Totally. Um I would say this too though. Um so much of our idea of obedience really does boil down to who it is we're being obedient to mm-hmm. and the nature of that person. Right. Which I think you were touching on already is that at the bedrock, if if we claim to be um, Christians, which is to say Christ followers, mm-hmm. um, then at, at the heart, at the foundation, our authority is God. Um, and we we know that God's word is God. Um, right. Absolutely. James one. The word is flesh. Um, like this is him speaking to us. And so we we ought to obey the word, right? Um, James 1, 22. Um, I pulled it up here, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look and forget what you look like... Oh, sorry. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard then god will bless you for doing it right so we know that obeying god will bring blessing now people often will try to take that and go sweet i'll get whatever i want no 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 god's blessing won't always look like what we want it to be but he will bless us he will be close to us um yeah the blessing we won't be putting things between us and god right? right right relationship and uh, living freely, um, right? We talk about that, that God's God's will, God's law is freeing. We don't have to wonder anymore of, is this right? Is this wrong? Are we walking in step with where God wants us to go? Um, it's right there in front of us. That is freeing. Um, but it, it's a difficult thing to do, to obey. Um, and to keep that at the forefront, it requires humility. If pride is in the mix, mm-hmm. obedience rarely is right? If you want a, f- a fun little tagline, there's one for you, right? Yeah, exactly. If pride is is winning the day, if pride is in the mix, obedience rarely is there. That's More right. often than not, it's it's not there. Um, and it's replaced with, with anger, frustration, defiance. Um, 
there is a place and a time, and I think that's what you're alluding mm-hmm. to, to be defiant in God's name. That's right. But even in that defiance, he's never called you to be obtuse. He's never called you to be divisive. He's never called right. you to be unloving or uncaring or We're belligerent supposed to be or exhibiting. prideful. Right? It's... It's uh, we don't the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we so. don't get to just focus on one aspect and mm-hmm. say, oh, that gives us license now to do it however we see fit. Um, God still calls us, I think it's Galatians 6, 2, to be gentle, right? That's right. Um, and so we don't just get to just wield words however we want to. And at the end of the day, try to use God's word, very dangerous, by the way, to prove what we were doing is right. Instead, I'd rather live out God's word in its fullness, in its entirety. And I don't do that perfect, and no one does. Um, and I, I still have plenty of, of room to learn and grow, but I love that scripture, right? Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And that starts from the assumption that you're listening to the word. And that's where sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I can look back in my life, and there's, there's certainly uh, times in my Christian walk where I was not, uh, not spending the time and not really showing the interest yeah. in... Um, what God is saying, whether it be through scripture mm-hmm. or, or, you know, uh, in my, my prayer time with him. Um, um, I was not paying attention to, attention to that nearly as much as I yeah. should. And I probably did some disobedient things. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of a nuance, but it's because I, I either wasn't reminded of the fact that this is the way that things are supposed yeah. to go, or I just didn't know it yet. And I, and I was failing because of lack of knowledge of his word, uh, which maybe isn't technically disobedient um, in an overt sense. But it definitely was uh, something that was detrimental to my yeah. life. And so this idea of hearing the word, understanding it, and then doing yeah. it. And like you said, right away. All the way. All the way. The happy way. The happy way. Mm-hmm. Okay, part of the happy way is, and I've been um, still wrestling with this and, and uh, trying to, to you know, meditate and get this in my brain, but God yeah. is absolutely so, good. Yeah, He's absolutely, absolutely. good. Yeah. There's no reason that you shouldn't trust exactly yeah. what he says on every single step of your way. Right. Where sometimes we get a little bit nervous as we don't mm-hmm. really know what that next step is of obedience. And that's where spending more time with him in, in his word and in prayer yep. and, and really listening for his direction is super important. important. Seeking the counsel of other uh, more mature Christians mm-hmm. to help us in some of those understandings. But simply agreeing with what he's calling yeah. us to do and doing it out of a cheerful heart. Right. Uh, should be a natural thing because we understand how much he loves us. The Father sent his son to die on the cross. Yeah. Jesus came and died on the cross. Holy Spirit was involved in that whole thing. Right. And we have the, the value of having the Holy Spirit mm. here with us, Yeah. Um, wanting to guide us in all that. So why wouldn't we want to be obedient to that? That is the best way. Be, be, yeah. You're leading right into where I was uh, going because it's hard. <laughs> yeah. We have a flesh right? that wants to not be, do that. Because it's really hard. It, it is. It's really hard. Uh, John 14, 23, mm-hmm. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Right? As we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. obeying is one of the greatest ways we can love our authority. Right? So Paul Turek, senior pastor here, yep. is my authority. One of the ways I can show love, I can show respect, is obeying. When he says, I need you to do it this way. Right, I have a choice right. in front of me. Yeah, I don't agree, but I'm gonna obey all the way, right away, all the way, the happy way. Mm-hmm. Or I don't agree, and tough. I'm gonna drag my feet on it. Right? It's like, um, or I guess there's a third option: just not do it. Um, yeah, and, and cause a bunch of fuss. And man, it's just it's so hard. I would also say on the flip side, it's hard being an authority. Can we be real about that too? Absolutely. 
uh, spoiler alert, typically, if someone's being humble, doesn't exactly love being in authority and having to bring about discipline, no matter the arena, whether it's a business, whether it's um, at church, whether it's um, in your home with your family. You know, I've said it to my kids already many times. I know my dad and mom both said it to us. This is one of our least favorite things to do. We do it because we love you. But I've told that my kids before. Like, I wish, I wish you would make some of these choices a little different. Because I don't enjoy doing this. Like, if you think that this is my favorite part of parenting, you're, you, you're way off. I, I don't enjoy disciplining. I very much is the least favorite part of any any component of parenting, um, and I'd say that in in church as well, and, and in any arena, discipline is not the thing people love to jump towards. Um, but when there's disobedience to an authority over and over and over again, discipline is often a consequence mm-hmm. of that of that disobedience, and um, and so, discipline isn't a bad thing either. No, and I was just going to say, one of the thoughts that was running through my mind as you were talking is that the activity of, of parenting, there's a lot of facets to that. Obviously, there's a lot of it that's fun. There's yeah. a lot of it that's that's uh, super enjoyable and exciting. Yeah. There's some of it that's just mundane, you know, routine. Right, right. Um, and that's that's fine. But to me, the hard work, the hard work of parenting is disciplining. Yeah. Because... There's a lot wrapped up into that activity. Totally, of actually, totally, actually engaging in disciplining a child, yeah, and, and doing it the right way that brings about the right kind of uh, disciple that you really mm-hmm. wanted to, to to create. Create, and but that's our responsibility, yeah, as a parent. Now you take that to your job or any other uh, part of, uh, let's say, a ministry yeah. or even. You know, in the context of a of a fun hobby like a sports or like softball team or whatever. Yeah, yeah you have a coach, yeah, authority. Yeah, right? if you have, teacher, authority, principal, authority. If you're in a, posi- mm-hmm. in a position of authority, that means that also you're the one that that uh, is going to be held to be held accountable for totally. the results of things, and uh, and so with that should come a sobering yeah. understanding of the importance of what you're doing in yep. a place of authority. Proverbs ten seventeen. Whoever heeds discipline. Shows the way to life, mm-hmm. but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. What up? I mean, that is just a pact. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life. So, um, shows the way to life. That means if you're going to heed discipline, that means uh, you have to exhibit some attributes, right? Like humility, right? You're going to exhibit that humility. If you're heeding advice um, or heeding discipline, excuse me, you're going to be exhibiting um, love. That's right. You're going to be exhibiting a soft demeanor. Um, if you're doing, if you're ob- obeying, right? You're all the way, right away, the happy, happy way. way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also are going to be giving an example if you don't. If you ignore correction, you will lead others astray. Why? Because you're going to be exhibiting attributes like pride. You're going to be exhibiting attributes like I, I don't care about you. Um, you're going to be exhibiting it's my way or the highway. You're going to be exhibiting ignorance. You're going to be exhibiting a lot of these things that you don't want others to to be watching. But the reality is, and I've told our youth this, I'll tell anybody this, if you are saying right now, I'm not a leader, wrong. Every single one of us on this earth are leading people. 
every single day. Why? Because people are seeing what you are doing and it will impact them in some way, shape or form. Small, very minute, small. Yeah. And very big at times too. But when I do something, someone is typically always watching or observing no matter where I am, unless I'm completely isolated and completely by myself. But then we know as Christians, right? God's watching. That's right. Um, but my actions will impact people around me. There's no escaping it. And that's where I come from. And so in that way, you have an opportunity to lead. And a lot of people look at leadership as being this thing that's got to be this boisterous. The leader is the one that's the loudest, the one that's up front, the one that's the mover and the shaker. And the reality is some of the best leaders I know are the ones that say very few, which unfortunately is not me. <laughs> I say, not your style. I say many words. Um, it's, it's a lot of times the people that don't say a whole lot but that live this beautiful, consistent, Christ-centered life that there isn't a shadow of a doubt that you see it. And when you do talk to them, it's not that they don't talk. It's right. that the words they speak have have great weight and power to them when they say them. And so it's you know and we have the unique. pleasure of ha- of having quite a few quite a few of those people in our we lives. Do. Now I was thinking about somebody. Shout out to Terry Young. Um, I was, who was literally who was, thinking the same yeah, person who has moved on to uh, you know moving Billings and yeah. is enjoying life there. And as I'm sure is plugged into a church there. But uh, I really enjoyed our time. time here and in, in, we were on the uh, elder board and governing board together yep. and some other things in, in leadership. And uh, one of those guys that you knew from how he lived his life that he was disciplined, yep. that he was seeking God's direction in all parts of life. Yeah. You saw his saw his obedience to what God was asking yeah. him to do. Um, well, and he wasn't was, silent all the time. No, he wasn't silent he, all the time. He just weighed his moments. Yep. And when he spoke, you perked up and it you carried listened. carried weight. Yep. Because he wasn't going to waste time That's right. saying something that wasn't purposeful mm-hmm. or meaningful um 100 and it's like yeah. i would, literally was thinking the same thing paul yeah. is another great example yeah. where when paul speaks i listen because um i know that he's taken a lot of time now for me i process out loud so some <laughs> paul's done a great job of learning that some of the things i say are just throwaway sentences mm-hmm. because he's just watching my literally observing my mind work through things you know this yep. you and i yep. have talked about this um yep. that's just part of who i am that I've tried to be more aware of so that in certain situations I try to process internally for the sake of the discussion at hand that, well, this person's going to think that what I'm saying is 100% how I feel or think. Well, really, it's just me kind of processing through things. So mm-hmm. um, self-awareness is good. But I just keep coming back to this Proverbs 10:17. Whoever heeds discipline shows the way to life, like life, not um, how to do life, but life, like growth not dead would be another way of saying it, but uh, flourishing, right? So if we um, don't heed discipline, it's going to lead to destruction. It's going to lead to isolation. It's going to lead to sin, to darkness. Um, And that, I mean, that's a sobering fact as well. Um, And how important not only obeying is, but discipline as a consequence. And I, again, I, I use my kids as an example. I talked to them a lot about that before and after discipline, like, this is meant to help you learn and grow and understand to to do life better, not worse. Um, but it can be difficult at times, for sure. Yeah, and I think any time that you're you're considering uh, that you're in a position of leadership, right? So so much of there's there's responsibility there. There's there's all of the importance of being obedient and disciplined. Uh, you know, as a 
as a parent. So that you're yeah. exhibiting that for your kids that you're trying to, you know, engage in some discipline there and, and show that not only are you asking them to do life in a certain way, but you're exhibiting that decision-making process in what right. you're doing on a daily basis. So super important, I think, um, aspect of it. The other thing I was mentioning, thinking about too, is um, people that are based in positions of authority. Yeah. A lot of times that authority comes with it, the expectation that God is going to say, hey, you're going to be obedient to me yeah. now, right? Yeah, yeah. And so um, obviously coming out of a crazy political um, season and doesn't seem like that's really slowing down much. But in general, uh, if you look look back in, in my lifetime, looking back at who's been president and, and, and been in other leadership positions in our country, it does seem like those that are uh, in authority that God has blessed uh, to be in that position, yeah. they carry a, a different mantle. There's, there's an extra added amount of grace for that position, totally. for that person. And so you pluck pluck that person and you know and put them in that position without that grace without mm. that covering from the ultimate authority yeah they're not going to be as effective and I think yeah um, been listening to a lot of uh, prophets and and some other teachers that have gone back over some of the uh, political leaders over the last you know mm-hmm. 30 40 years and it's interesting to, to hear them say well you know this is this is I'm not gonna I'm gonna bring up individual names it doesn't matter but over the course of this person's term in office you can see that this is the the moment where God's yeah. authority and grace for them in that position left because they were being right. disobedient to God. Yeah. And their success rate in their, their tenure was totally different after yeah. that point. And so I use that as an example to say all of us in a position of authority mm-hmm. need to make sure that we're understanding who the yeah. ultimate authority is that has granted us that. And so in First uh, Samuel chapter 15, uh, verse 22, Samuel's talking to Saul. And this is an interesting, <clears throat> interesting discussion he's having. Saul and him are, are uh, I'm just saying discussing, I think there's maybe, mm-hmm. maybe more of an argument about whether God was with Saul and, and uh, based on what Saul was doing on a few things. <clears throat> and uh, Samuel replied, uh, What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt mm. offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Mm. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of, the fat of rams. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness yeah. as bad as worshiping idols. Yeah. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Yeah. And but, so <laughs> part of what's going on there is that Saul was doing some things that wasn't completely right away, all, all the, the way, way the, the happy, happy way, way. Um, with, with what God was asking him to do. Yeah. And he was, he was deciding ways that he thought would be good to honor God, but it was right. his decision. He wasn't being obedient. Right. And he was doing some things that were obviously uh, not pleasing to, to the yeah. Lord. And the consequence of that is he was not, this obviously didn't happen right away at, at that time, but his mantle of leadership was removed. Yeah. He was no longer the legitimate yeah. king of, right. of Israel at that time. Yeah. And a sobering verse to first John, first John uh, two seventeen. the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives mm-hmm forever right that idea again of declaring your life surrendering your life to christ is submitting to him with humility and saying i need saving be my savior please and also surrendering and declaring him your lord your king submitting to his authority right and and through that having that gift of eternal life being covered with his grace um and washed clean but then also then what you're saying is you're going to live for him Um, It isn't just to get in so you get your heaven card and away you go, but it's now a life 
serving him. And um, those come, those work hand in hand. But we know that what we often sometimes strive for here materially is a waste of time. Yet we yep. still do it quite often, or we hold so tight to things that are just going to fade away into nothing and not hold any value. Yet we put so much value on them, like vehicles, like mm-hmm. v- video games, or or yep. Xboxes, or whatever, like books, or right. We put these these innate values on things that are never going to be with us in eternity. No, um, and they're going to fade away. They're going to be a blip on the screen, really, in in the, in the grand scope of time, and. Uh, I think for me, that's a it's a humbling moment of why do I submit to God's authority? Because His authority is perfect. His authority is greater than any authority I could muster up, and He's not going to have me striving after things that are going to f- just fade away. He's going to have me striving after things that will be with us in eternity. Right. And so, my investment, God, God is going to. He, he's not going to waste his time. He's going to put things in front of me that are going to be an investment that will stand the test of time. So I'm not going to waste time if I'm in his will. If I'm out of his will, I'm wasting that time, that energy in a lot of ways in things that are typically not going to be with us. And uh, for me, it's like, wow, I really want to make good use of my time. I don't, I only got a finite, you know, stint here on this earth. How is it going to be spent? And is it going to be something that at the end of the race, God looks at me and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Please join me at my table, right? Or is he going to look at me and say, be gone, be away with you. I never knew you. Like, yeah, I think uh, I want to submit to authority. So I come, I die and I come to him and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. If I don't submit to his authority, he will look at me and say, I never knew you. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things that, that we know as Christians is that we've been grafted into the body of Christ. We've been grafted mm-hmm. into the divine, mm-hmm. and we gather all of our source of life um, from him. He's the author. He's the yeah. beginning and the end of life. Right. And so if we decide that we're going to go our own way and mm-hmm. separate ourselves due to disobedience or rebellion, uh, uh, we're separating ourselves from life itself. Yeah. And to think that whether it be in an inter- eternal perspective or or not, that we're going to uh, have life abundant, separate from the author and the source of life. Yeah, uh, we're deluding ourselves. And the other thing is that God's super gracious, and yeah. the only reason that that sinful people are still alive is because yeah. He is gracefully Pleasing. desiring yep. them to come into communion. Are you with kidding? Him. All the times that I've screwed up, and He still wants me, still wants to use me. That's right. Still wants to be in my life. That's but there is going to be time, at the end of, you know, time yeah. where. You you know those of us that have chosen life are going to be, forever connected with Him as yeah. a source of life and, yeah. and enjoying His presence and and that relationship. Yeah. And who decided not to, are going to be separated from life. Yeah, it, hard truth. Hard, hard truth. Uh, Matthew seven twenty twenty four. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise mm-hmm. man who built his house on the rock. And we know that story of building your house on the sand or on the rock. And when the water comes, when the waves come, the one that is on the rock will stand. The one that is on the sand will be washed away. And um, again, just back to to our our points all along, right, is serving him and submitting to his authority, ultimately, 
those deeds that we do in his name for him and for his glory, not our own, will stand the test of time. They won't be washed away by the sea of time. They, mm-hmm. they will stand for eternity. Um, and not because of our doing, but because of his and his authority. Um, obedience. It's a, it's a hard thing. Um, right. We all the way back to, at the beginning, Adam and Eve, they struggled with it. Don't eat of the tree of good and evil. And what do they do? Mm-hmm. They did they exactly ate. the opposite. Yeah. The tree of knowledge, the tree of, what I think is interesting is if you, if you look at Jesus's life, I think that, that, uh, if you carefully look at, at how his life progressed, I think he was going from, from level to level, increasing his yeah. understanding of what that's looked like and understanding more and more about his authority that he was was uh, operating in and, and given uh, due to his relationship with his father and um, the presence of the Holy Spirit in him at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of things that that would not have happened, obviously, in his life if he wasn't obedient to the small things yeah. each step of the way. And my encouragement to those of you that are listening that, you know, if you really feel disconnected from God, you're a believer, you trust him for your salvation, you have a relationship with him, but you just it just seems like you're not as close as you'd like to be. Yeah. Uh, to me, there's there's two ways to, to deal with that. One is yeah. is you know confess that that's the situation. God knows it already, but confess that. Really, do seek after Him and His presence in the context of prayer. Do be listening to yeah. to what He has for you, and uh, making that a priority. But the other thing is, you know, if you know of something that that God asked you to do, yeah, and you haven't done it, well, maybe you should do that. Right. Right. And 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 that's the thing. Again, our hope is to help you move onward. In your daily walk and upward in relationship with Christ, this is not a absolutely uh, a time of now feel horrible as a person and go walk with God. <laughs> like, no, God loves you and He That's is right. not sending you out on your own. He is out with you, walking with you. This idea of obedience um, of a singular thing, right? Of it's just me. I just need to work harder, dig deeper. It isn't going to happen. No, that's sacrifice. That's it, not obedience. Right? Obedience yeah. truly begins with our submission to who God is and his love for us. Absolutely. Willing to truly press into mm-hmm. the one who created me in spite of my sin loves me. And if that is true, then what he wants for me and from me is from his love, which is deep and wide and beyond comprehension. I want that. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Um Right, all the way back to Adam and Eve. I was just looking it up as you were talking a little bit there. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it, but the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And as we know the story to go, they eat of it, and they're cast out from the Garden of Eden. A call to obey. Mm Mm-hmm consequence discipline that we are still interacting right the fall of man sin that entered into this world through that moment we deal with to this day and um the thing is like we were talking about discipline doesn't have to be a bad thing it's an opportunity for us to turn be humble and follow god and ultimately i think that's my biggest takeaway from from this talk as as mm-hmm. we've talked more about it we interact with it earlier is it really is an opportunity to humble ourselves and come before the one who created us and say you love me i love you i'm gonna follow you 
Yeah, and a great a great picture. And I would encourage you to to look this up and and uh, read it in scripture. But the the parable of of the prodigal son mm. coming back, and the picture of that father really yeah. is a picture of God our Father. Yeah, and He was not judgmental and angry and yeah. uh, harsh to His son who was coming yeah. back. That was that was not His natural. He mm. was excited. He was yeah. loving. He was celebratory. Yeah, and not to say that His son wasn't didn't. I mean, he still had some issues to deal yeah. with, right? There's some still some problems there. Yeah. But God greatly welcomes us as we turn back in. That is his greatest desire because he has grace, the answers grace, grace. for solving mm-hmm. our problems yeah. and uh, making us into who he wants us to yeah. be. Yeah, and uh, also a little aside, right, is getting everything does not equal obedience. That's right. It does not equal happiness because uh, I don't know about you, but the Garden of Eden sounded awesome. absolutely fantastic. And yet, Adam and Eve still sinned. Yep. And still... It wasn't enough. Went against the one who gave them mm-hmm. everything. Yep. Um, and the, reali- uh, the, the realization I have every time coming to this is, God is enough for me. Mm-hmm. But if I want, I can choose all these other things that will fill me, that won't fulfill me, that will constantly fall short... Or I can choose the one that will never fall short, will never abandon, will never leave, mm-hmm. will never forsake me, will never turn his back on me, will never withhold his love for me, yet will give all of those things freely to me. Mm-hmm. All he asks is for us to believe and follow him, to declare him Savior and Lord of our life. And that... Uh, there's no greater truth. There's no greater truth. There's no greater opportunity to obey than that right there. To say, pick up your cross and follow me. Okay. And that's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. Yet the the blessings, the rewards, the fruit that comes from that is so far above and outweighs so much more of what not doing that could be that... Man, anyone listening, I encourage you, just well, it's like, <laughs> jump all the way in. Right. Don't dip a toe. And it's Follow like, Christ with all that you are. It's not like any... I, so it's it's not different than anything else in the sense that, you know, doing that first level, let's say, of, yeah. of that interaction or that obedience or whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, is hard initially. Yeah. But then we, we go to good at that. And then God calls us to a higher yeah. level. And so it's not like it's... You're always going to have... It's not like you're going to perpetual rowboat or... Hamster wheel, hamster wheel, and you're right. you're just continually working and really not getting anywhere. Yeah, there is so much more that God has planned for yeah, us than we totally. can even think or imagine. But we'll never attain that if we don't pursue a yeah. relationship with Him. Yep, yeah. man, that's a great, great, uh, great note to end on. Thank you for that, Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, onward and upward podcast. A great subject. Episode six: obedience? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> What does it mean? Right. What does it look like? Hopefully, um, we've sparked something within all of you listening, watching, um, to dig deep into Scripture. Again, some of the Scripture that we went through, First Samuel, uh, give me the chapter and, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. verse again. First Samuel 15, verse 22 and 23. Thank you. Yeah. We also looked at James 1, 22. We looked at John 14, 23, 1 John 2, 17, Matthew 7, 4, and Proverbs 10, 17. Um, I'll also be putting a link in about the current event that we talked about. Uh, please, again, like, follow, share. Mm-hmm. We want people to be able to have the opportunity to connect with this, that they may be reached with the gospel, that they right. may be reached with the good news that is 
God is Jesus, dying on the cross for our sins, washing us clean, offering that eternal gift of grace and salvation. Um, Yeah, moving onward in a daily walk, upward in our relationship with Christ, onwards and upwards we go day after day. It is not the easier path. It is the harder path, but far outweighs the alternative. And so we love everyone that's listening. Again, uh, like, follow, share, and uh, we'll see you next time.